comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity, and we pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken need, yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Disguise. 
Thank you, Taylor. Beautiful, beautiful song. God bless her. She sings even just the same. Pregnant or no pregnant, she's doing well. <laughs> it's good to be with you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, about three months ago, we uh, studied together. I spoke about the fence of God. How many people remember that? Well, thank God. So Amen. I see your... So retention is supposed to be uh, after three months, 10%, we have more than 50%. Wow, we deserve, ah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. And we, we uh, read about um, when uh, Satan came to God and said, I want to put my hand on Job. And uh, he couldn't. Mind you, believer, I'm talking to you. Satan cannot touch you unless he has a special permission from God. And God will not, a child of God who is living according to his will, who is obeying him, will not let a child of God, will not let Satan touch the child of God. So live with that and enjoy life. And we spoke about what the fan, he said, well, Satan asked, well, you have put a great fence around him, and I can't. I can't even go through the fence. Can you imagine that? So you have a fence around you. Don't, don't forget that. And then we thought, uh, what it means? It means ownership. We belong to God. And this morning, my question, do you belong to God? Amen. Do you really belong to God? And then it, it, it suggests also preciousness. We are so precious in the eyes of God. So he cares for us. This is why he surrounds us with his mercy. And the offense is for protection. We discussed that too, right? And then we, we time, we couldn't uh, do anything. We left it there. But what I would like to share with you today are the benefits, the benefits of having a fence around us. The, the benefits of God's protection. And before we go any further, how do you feel? Uh, do you feel that God's arms are around you? Do you feel that you have a kind of security through God's fence around you? If not, I suggest that you say, to the Lord, if you are not saved, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning and I ask you to save me, to take my life so I wouldn't live in danger anymore. I wouldn't live dangerously anymore because I may, if I may suggest, if you're living without Christ in this life, you are in living in danger. The only thing that can protect you is the hedge of God, the everlasting arms, the fence that God builds around you. And this is the only thing that can protect you. And if you are still outside this fence, may I suggest, before this meeting ends, that you take Jesus as your Savior and tell him, Lord Jesus, I want you to surround me with your kindness and mercy, with your fence, and you will live happily ever after.
the benefits of God's hedge around the Christian. Now we agreed the hedge is a fence, so we can use the word fence, right? Okay, the benefits. The very first benefit that we did not tackle three months ago is God wants to put a hedge around you so you can be fruitful. We're going to talk about fruitfulness, something that God requires in the people he owns. It requires in every believer. It's not the hedge of God or the fence of God is not only for protection. He also wants to grow us. He wants to see that his children are fruitful. We are talking as a family of God and our guests understand that God wants us as Christians, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, he wants us to be fruitful. We cannot go in life without any fruit. He wants then to be fruitful. He wants to plant and cultivate us. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, we said, you are God's field. And it means that you are God's tilled land. He has ownership. And he's not going to let the land go to waste. He's not going to go leave you alone. Let's put it this way. He is going to keep working with you. Because he has a plan for each and every one of you. He has a plan for my life, has a plan for your life, and he's not going to leave us alone. So if you're bugged by God, if I may say that, if you are sometimes disturbed, remember, God is sending everything in your life to grow you. On Thursday morning, we heard about God sends some difficulties into our lives. And uh, uh, Sylvia, my wife who spoke about that, sent her two men, very difficult men in her life, if you heard about that. And they were uh, like very uh, difficult situations. But God, when he achieved his purpose in her life, he took them away. And God sends difficulties in our lives to deal with us, to grow us, to make us fruitful. And she said, and I know attest to that, after that experience, the Lord has given fruits to her life. And she became his servant until now. Thank God for that. So when God wants to make us fruitful, and he says, I want you to bear much fruit. I want you, you to be useful, which we come to that later. But prior to bearing fruit, there, uh, there is a very, very good procedure God has to make in our lives. How many of you prayed for God to give you more strength? And instead of strength, you had difficulties. One young man who got saved and came to his pastor. And he said, Pastor, ever since I got saved, 
I have difficulties in my life. And every day I, I encounter many difficulties at work, at home. Oh, I, I'm happy I'm saved. But what are these difficulties? Every, every day, he said, well, we need to pray together. So they went, he said, come on to my study. They went to his study. They knelt together. And uh, the pastor said, uh, do you want me? I said, yeah, you pray first. I am, I am so, so much uh, under uh, pressure. You pray for me. Please pray for me, for God to take away all these difficulties. The, the pastor put his hand around him and said, Lord, increase the difficulties over our brother. He looked at him, he said, I, what is this? I've asked you to, to, uh, to ask God to relieve me. What are you? He says, these difficulties, one day when God is done with you, you will be so relieved. This is the cure. And this is, say, say you have a piece of land, and God, what God does to that? He wants to plant it. He doesn't... One, an abandoned, have you been to abandoned piece of land, what they are? You, you go thorns and thistles there, and there's nothing. And if there's a, food, a, a, a fruit tree, you will see one or two fruits. But you look at a, at a field that is well-groomed, well-planted, hedged. My dad had a friend in the old country. I'm talking a long time ago. And he was known to grow the golden apples. I still remember it. And everybody in that village town spoke about his apples. They can't, couldn't wait till September or October to just have a harvest and buy these apples. So one day my dad took me there and he introduced me to him and he treated me very good. He was a very nice man. In order to enter the field, large field of apples, he had to open a gate. And around these apples, there was a fence about five feet of stones. And then another five feet of what you call, uh, yeah, uh, iron, iron thing. I, I was afraid, is it electrified? What are you? I mean, th this is too much. And I looked at it, I said, he said, this is the way I care for my apples. And I have this fence around them because I cultivate them, I protect them, I spray them, and I uh, do all what an apple needs. You look at these apples. They were just a, a sight. Unbelievable. Why? Because I own it. I don't want anybody to go in and steal my apples. And when God puts this hedge and starts cultivating you, he doesn't want anybody or any thief to come in and disturb the growth of my people. I want you to be fruitful. So he starts. He starts. He has to till the land first, right? And this, this man, he, said, he showed us how he tilled the land. The land is so smooth, well tilled, and well irrigated. And this is what God does with you and with me. He tilled us. And you know, if the land, at the very beginning, when you start with your, with your uh, tiller to break the land, 
It is very hard to break it. Did you, did you start that? Did you try that? I tried it myself. It is very hard. And if the land has a voice to say, ouch, stop, have, have mercy on me, pray for me so uh, that, that this pain will go away. I mean, the farmer will go on. He says, no, I need to till this land. I need to smooth this land so it will be good for my apple trees. And if you're going under the tiller today, I would suggest that you say, Lord, achieve your purpose in my life. I know you want me to be fruitful. If I'm going through difficulties, if I'm going through hard times, if I needed a job, if at work I am being persecuted, if at school people don't like me because I'm a Christian, that you know what the Lord is doing. The Lord is making you a fruitful tree. The Lord is growing you and growing me and dealing with us. And after planting, after tilling, there comes planting, there comes watering. And after watering, what comes? Growing, right? And we can see, you can see yourself growing. And you can see yourself uh, blossoming for God. And then after you give fruits and people enjoy the fruits, ah, then there comes a time where we need to do some pruning too, right? If you have an apple tree, if you have any trees in your backyard or wherever, okay, every now and then you have to prune the tree. Otherwise, it will not give next year the right fruits and right returns. So, is, are you under pruning now? Are you being pruned? God's, yeah. This is the hedge for God to take his time and do his will with the trees. And you are, and pruning so you can bear more, more trees. The Lord said in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Whatever God does to make us fruitful because he doesn't want to do it for a season or two. He doesn't want to do it temporarily. No, he wants our fruit to remain and will remain until God comes. So pray and thank God that he's given you the opportunity to grow and know him more and more. And that's why his fence is high around you, so he can cultivate you. You will be bearing fruit. And every Christian here who's going under any kind of affliction this morning, I have good news for you. This affliction will continue until such a time where God achieves his purpose in your life. And it'll go away. He lifts it up. And when they asked, my wife, I said, how long is it going to continue this affliction? I'm going through affliction. He said, until he achieves his purpose. There's no time. The more we obey, and the more we mold 
ourselves to his will. He, we're molded by him and accept his will to our lives. The shorter it becomes. And if you want it to prolong, just don't do it. Disobey it. Say, I'm not going to. That's too much for me. So many people have a job. And there's a little bit of affliction in the job. Guess what, what, what they do next. Instead of going to God and say, Lord, what is it you want from me? Why I'm having this affliction? Or maybe you, you're going to work on my, my interpersonal skills. Maybe you're not that person who can get along with people. I'm trying to choose my words, so I won't offend anyone. <laughs> maybe you are that person. Maybe you are, see, I'm, I'm born to be a boss. Yeah, maybe not. And they run immediately. And they run immediately. Okay, I'm going to apply for another job. Now, this is wrong. See what God wants from you first. Before you run and get another job. And change. Change your environment. God, God controls your environment. God controls your job. God controls your life. God has controlled about everything we have. So let us not run. Let us say with the pastor who told him, Lord, increase his difficulties. What? Yes, until he achieves his purpose. Maybe the boss who's giving you problems, God will remove him. Maybe he'll promote you within. Maybe he'll change things. Maybe he'll offer you an That's in the hands of God. Just be obedient and do your job and do it from the bottom of your heart. Fruitful. Do you expect the same from a fence field as the field that is abandoned? Yes or no? No. Right? Abandon an orchard. Take down the fence. It will soon cease to bear fruit. Did you ever see that? And thieves come and take whatever they find. And say, hey, there's no fence. That means it's free for all. But with the Lord's fence around his property, there's fruit and much fruit. And his plan, remember, is not to abandon you. And your reaction is, Lord, whatever you'd want to do with me, here I am. Do it. Achieve your purpose. The Christian who is abiding in Christ is putting out always beautiful branches that bear fruits. More fruit, much fruit. And soon you will look, and we will all look, like a tree planted on by the rivers or by the streams of water. Are we fruitful? This is my question. That fence is God accomplishing his purpose in my life. These, I called it the benefit. Are we reaping the benefit of this fence that is around our lives? Or are we rebelling against God's hand? And God's ways of dealing with us.
Oh, I wish I can change my life. Don't wish that. I wish I have another job. Don't wish that. I, I wish we were living in another town. Don't wish that. Wish, Lord, do your will in my life. I want to be a tree planted by the riverside. I want to be fruitful where you put me. And don't change where God is dealing with you. And do not complain about it. Because complaining will do nothing. But accepting it with prayers and have that attitude, Lord, you know what you're doing. You will bear fruit and much fruit and you'll be a blessing to everybody that comes in touch with you. The second benefit, quickly, besides being fruitful, is usefulness. Usefulness. We said, fruitfulness and usefulness. Paul, in writing to Timothy, listen to that. His Timothy was his spiritual son, and he was a pastor of a church. And he enjoyed him very much, and he was so happy to see him serving the Lord in this capacity. He writes to him in 2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent, he tells him, to present yourself useful, Approved between parentheses to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed handling accurately the word of God. Be diligent to be useful. And then you come and say, Adol, how can I be useful? I enjoy the uh, young little guys. I don't say about, I don't mean little. Uh, young boys and girls, 12, 13, 14. They come in and says, uh, uh, about four or five girls came to me, Adol, we, we want to uh, serve in this church. I said, well, the girls. I said, go see Sylvia. I didn't know what to tell them more than that. <laughs> go see Sylvia and she will give you. And I love their spirit. And I wish I had immediately something to give them. Uh, we want to be useful. They're telling me we want to be useful. In other words, we are available. How available are you? God, use me. God, use me. God, use me. How available are you to be used? And in which capacity would you like to be used? You are in the church. And God wants to use you. And sometimes you say, well, hey, I am... I don't have the gift of a preacher. I don't have the gift of a teacher. I don't have the uh, gift of singing. But you must have a gift. You have a gift of serving. You want to be used in any capacity. How about transporting a sick person to the hospital? It has the same effect in the eyes of God as if you're preaching here. Amen. Helping someone get from point A to point B, same thing. He wants us to be useful. There is no place for idle people in the church of God. 
There's no place for someone to come and go and have no responsibility whatsoever. And if you, if you are not assigned a responsibility, I'm going to give you one that you can do today. Go to your neighbor, invite them to church, and bring them to come attend church. How about this? Won't you feel that you are useful? When God wanted to use one of the, his greatest men, Moses, he had to deal with him, right? He said, this, this uh, plant cannot be, cannot be fruitful. I have to prune it, right? And he had to prune our uh, leader, Moses. And he had, he had, it took him about, what, 40 years to take away Egypt from Moses, right? And another 40 years to groom him and prepare him. Do you think it was easy for Moses from a, a son of the queen, she adopted him, of the queen of Egypt to be a shepherd in the back of the mountains? Someone said about that, Egypt must be out of Moses as well, Moses out of Egypt before God can use him. You want to be used. You want to be available. You have to empty yourself from Egypt. And if you want to be used, you cannot be used in the church of God doing something unless your heart is empty from sin. Unless you are truly a child of God that wants to be saved. Yes, uh, last week we received, uh, we heard uh, Jim sharing with us from Colossians chapter 1 and uh, verse 9, 10, 11, and 12. And Bill took uh, verse 13 today. But in verse 10 that attracted my attention, it says, th so that he's talking to the uh, uh, Colossian church, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You walk first in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respect, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Look at the sequence of the Holy Spirit writing to us. He says, first and foremost, we need to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Before we do anything, before you say, I want to serve, you have to walk in a manner worthy of God. That means your heart must be right with God. Your life must be right with God. You must be a safe person and sure about your salvation, walking with God. Then he says, he says, bearing fruit in every good work. Then work comes next. First, accepting God, being a safe person, having the life of a Christian, a life of God implanted in you, then, you know what? Good works are wonderful. I believe in good works. But good works don't take precedence before accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. This is what he's saying. First, God. And are you right with God? So many people come, want to come and serve in the church. And they want to give their money. 
and they want to do works, work, and they go and do work outside. You know what? Work, good work is good, but unless, unless it is generated by faith in Jesus Christ, it will go in vain. This is what he wanted. Use me, Lord. Yes. How is your life? Is your life according to God's will? Then he will use you. And guess what? And you will succeed in whatever you do. You will succeed. Whether it's cleaning the church or leading the church. It does not matter. What service you do for God. He wants to use you if you are in touch with him. Are you available for God to use you? And let's empty ourselves and say, Lord, Lord, use me in any capacity you want. Paul, in writing to Philemon, this is a one chapter there, he had a church Philemon in his house. And he had a slave by the name, by the name of Onesimus. He stole from his master, and he ran away. While running away, he reached Rome. And somehow he met the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul gave him the gospel. He got saved. And he confessed Onesimus' sin to Paul. And Paul said, you should go back and serve your master. And Paul write him, write Philemon these, these words. He says, Philemon, I appeal to you from my, for my child, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, Onesimus, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. So regardless of your gift, be available for God to use you and you can be useful to the Lord and to the local church when your life is right with God. He was useless, but in Christ he became useful and he went back. He went back and all went well for him because God took care of that. We know about many, many people in the Bible. They didn't do great things, but they were mentioned. What did Rahab do? She had a string, huh? a red string. Was she useful with that red string? How about Dorcas? That's for the ladies. Yeah? How, how about, what, what did she do? She used to sew. sew. She was in sewing. Some little dresses for the kids or for the, for the poor people. And her name is mentioned in the Bible, as well as great names in the Bible. Let us be useful for the Lord. That's why the hedge of God is around you and me. So we won't lose our time in something that does not help others. Let us be helpful. Let's help each other. Let's do the work of God in any capacity he gives us. Yes, David, before he became king, did God use him? He was still a teenager. He had a sling. He didn't know how to use the arrow yet and the 
No, he went and saw this big giant guy. I said, I, I have a sling, you know. I hit animals with it and so on. And with one shot, what happened to Goliath? God used him. Don't say I'm, uh, I'm, God cannot use me. He can use you in any capacity. And thank God for the people God uses in our church. And thank God for each and every person. That you don't have, don't need to be so gifted. You don't need to be uh, a, 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 a great person. Whatever God gives you, use it. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be useful. A Christian girl who was saved from shipwreck by getting into a lifeboat and after she just realized where she is, she said, I was not afraid to die for Christ is my savior. But I was ashamed to die for my life had been so useless. So use what you have that you may have more to use. I thank God for the piano player today. Use what you have, Joe. Because the more you use it, the Lord will. You will have more to use. And each and every person of us. I want to encourage you. We have that fence. And thank God we are saved. And thank God you are secured. You know, you don't have to buy security when you're a Christian. His security is free. You don't have to pay and pay monthly. Yeah? You have. He paid for it himself. And he offered it to you on the cross of Calvary. And you have not sec- if you are not secured yet, if you don't have this fence around you, as I said at the very beginning, you don't have to buy this fence. You have to accept the security that Jesus Christ gives you. And the fringe benefit of it is that fence around you. Ask him to come into your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I am fenceless. I am in danger. I ask you to, my, to come to my life. Change me. And then he will change your heart. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I know that you took my place on the cross of Calvary. Save my life. Then immediately after saving your life, he starts putting that hedge around you. And you are saved forever. And Satan cannot in no way come in. And go through that fence. The fence of God is greater than any other power under the sun. And the last word is after using you, after you being fruitful, after being useful. And he sends us to be, I want to read it to you. Look what he says. What a challenge we have. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5.13. The function of the salt is flavor, isn't it? To preserve and to create thirst at the very beginning. Be- believe me, if the doctor tells me, Adol, you have to eat your food without salt, I'd rather not eat it. I love salt. This is detriment to my life, but I love salt. But if the salt has become tasteless, 
you, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. You have the responsibility to be the salt of the earth. Are you? Are you fruitful? Are you useful? And are you following the Lord's command? He says, you are the salt of the earth. And he's, he adds to that in the same. Matthew 14 is 5.14. You are what? The light of the world. This is more responsibility. The function of light is to illumine, to give life and health and direction. The Lord is encouraging his disciples during the Sermon on the Mount to be the light. Let your light, he says, shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, what do you think? Are we fenced? And are we living according to God's will for us? Fruitful? Think about it when you leave. Am I useful? You don't have to wait. Offer yourself. Be available. Am I? Do I give taste to people around me? Am I being a light? My last word is, blessings will always flow through the lives of those who are found like Job we talked about, who lived blameless, upright, fearing God, and he was turning away from evil. If we follow what the word of God says, and if we follow what we heard this morning from the word of God, our lives will be lights to everyone who comes in touch with us. Amen. May God bless his word. Let us pray. Our Father, we are thankful for your care, for your love. We're thankful that we are not alone, we're not lost, we are fenceless, but we have you to protect us. You own us, Lord, and help us to really surrender to this ownership. Make us fruitful people and useful people. And so we can touch others in our lives. Open the hearts who are still living outside this fence. And we pray that every person who is not saved this morning, this afternoon rather, that he or she will come and take you as their Lord and Savior. Bless the rest of the day. Bless those who left and gone on vacation and are still on vacation. We pray that you be with them and protect them and give them a good time altogether. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. God bless you and be with you. And see you tomorrow. Don't forget the women have a dinner together. <laughs>